Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, presented by Manscaped.ca. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode one thirty-seven. Uh, I am joined. I'm your host, Blaine Podvay. I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. So, Matt, how was your how was your weekend? We missed you. We we chirped you, but you weren't here. Worked all weekend, but uh, you know, duty calls, unfortunately, sometimes, right? So I had to miss the show. Um, yeah, you happy to duty. be ha- ha- happy to be back, though, of course. Well, I'm glad you're back to uh to raise the uh the beauty of the the show i do it was just me and me and treg last time and i do what i can (laughs) it was it was ugly it was ugly speaking ugly treg cannot join us today he has family obligations so we're just going to go ahead with a two-man show uh we're going to talk a little bit about uh uh, some news and notes around the nhl namely patrick marlowe um carrie price's injury a little bit about the Calgary Montreal upcoming series and their battle for the playoffs, some Caulfield, some Primo. So let's just dive right into it. Uh, let's talk about what was going on with Patrick Marlowe. So last night he broke Gordy Howe's all time um, games played record, which is, uh, you know, one of those, it really is. Um, you look at some of the names on that list and it's, uh, you know, it's hall of famer after hall of famer after hall of famer and just, you know, incredible, uh, incredible players that have, uh, that have, uh, you know, laced them up and um, you know, he's on, he's on top now, which is, uh, which is, you know, I said, it's a pretty incredible, uh, pretty incredible uh, record to break. Well, it, to play 1,768 NHL games, is an unbelievable statistic that the, the, the effort you have to put in to remain 
healthy and in shape for Primo's now play, uh, Primo. Marlowe has now played 23 NHL seasons. 23. Not many people get it, get that far. I mean, uh, Messier played 25. Um, uh, the, uh, Gordie Howe played 26. I mean, not, not many people make it to 20, let alone break that barrier. He's at 23. He looks like he can still play for another season or two beyond this. Hey, it looks like he wants to continue to play as well. His stats don't really show it, just like the way that he used to, but he's also playing on a team that uh, – isn't really as strong as what it used to either. I'm happy that he was, I'm happy that he went back to San Jose though. And I'm happy that the record was um, broken while he was a member of the Sharks. Um, Unfortunately it didn't happen in San Jose, but you know, there wouldn't have been fans there anyway. So I guess it really doesn't matter. But um, I said like the, the, the talk is now like a lot of people, a lot of people are saying, you know, it's a games played record, but is it, is it, is that good enough to get them into the hall of fame type thing? And, you know, there, there is that debate. Well, honestly, in my opinion, he should make it to the hall of fame. And, and it's not just because he played this long in this many games. It's the fact that he has about 1200 points uh, over 560 goals uh, he is he's won international tournaments, so it's not all just about how many Stanley Cups you've won. That's right. He's also been a key member of the San Jose Sharks on yep. many many good hockey teams. They they run into better teams, but as an individual, as a player on his own right, I think he merits a Hall of Fame induction. I, I, I believe he would as well. Like right now, he's twenty third all time in goals. He's top 50 in points, um, you know, to play that many games is, is really unheard of. Um, you know, we always celebrate um, a player when he's, when he plays career game number 1000. And that was quite a damn long time ago from Harlow. So 2011. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? So, you know what? I'd say he'd be in the hall of fame. He should be. Yeah. Now some people, uh, namely certain members of the Toronto media, such as Steve Simmons and some person I've never heard of before at the Toronto Sun, uh, were a little bit upset by the fact that he was breaking this record and they started throwing around all these stupid, asinine, garbage arguments. Uh, one per- the person who I can't remember their name, um, uh, I'm trying to remember the name, but obviously, they, obviously they're not that important. <laughs> no, Arthur Staple put out a really good tweet about it, mentioning them and he screenshotted them. So if you want to check it out, go to his, Arthur Staple's uh, account, check it out. Someone mentioning how a columnist in their paper had written 11,000 columns. And if they ever got to 10,999, they'd retire. So they wouldn't even tie the, uh, the record. I call bullshit. I call bullshit for two reasons. One, there's no way you're good enough to write 11,000 articles. No one's going to keep you around, especially if you're being such a a hard-ass piece of crap like you are. Then again, it's Toronto Sun. You never know. Second, if you had a chance to break a record, you do it. I would hate to see what these assholes are going to say if Ovi ever breaks Gretzky's record. 
I mean, records are made to be broken. That's right. So and right now, like he's, uh, he's, I think he's one behind Marcel Dion now. Ovechkin is. Yeah. 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 But in regards to Marlo, he's going to continue playing. He's going to set a new standard for games played. Yeah. And then maybe in two generations or three, say 50, 60 more years, someone else is going to come along and break that record. Yeah. Are people going to get pissed off? Probably. I mean, really? Probably. Probably. Yeah. And those are the people that grew up getting participation ribbons as children. That's right. Yeah. The well, thing is, like, getting, you, but the thing he's is, you can't free take gloves. He's right, getting free gloves. All right. But you can't take this. You can't take this away from Marlo. Like, this isn't no. a stat based, like, putting the puck in the net record. This is playing games. Yes. Right. This isn't about him being the superstar of all superstars and, you know, scoring 10 goals a game and all that kind of stuff. Like he's a very good player. His best games, yes, are behind him, but he still is, he's still putting, he's still putting in the effort to play. And he's obviously good enough that an NHL franchise is employing him. Yeah. Someone put it, uh, I'm taking, someone responded to me. I can't remember who it was, but I'm, I'm sorry if I don't remember tag Habs unfiltered, and remind remind us who it was, but someone mentioned this is the Cal Ripken record for hockey. Yeah, and it really is. This yeah. is an Iron Man streak. He hasn't done it in straight games, but to play this many games at this level yeah. for this long, and then just imagine if they're without the lockouts as well, right? Exactly. But to to play this long at this level, this many times, that in itself is worthy of praise. Yeah, absolutely. So congratulations, Patrick Marlowe. You are a hockey god in your own right. And those who don't like it can go screw themselves. Any questions or comments can be sent to HabsUnfiltered at Outlook.com. Care of Treg Wilson. Yeah. Now, moving on from that stupidity and the greatness that is Patrick Marlowe, why don't we move on to uh, Carey Price's uh, announced injury? Yeah, so it looks like he's going to miss at least a week uh, under concussion protocol. It looked like a very harmless play, but um, when you're not expecting to be um, to to get contact, especially contact to the head neck area, um, you know it's very fragile. It's a very fragile area, and uh, it, it's what can you do? It's a freak. It was a freak thing. It, it's um, I don't think Chiesson really meant to do it. He went, he no. tried to go, he tried to go to the net. He made contact and um, it's hard. Like, I don't know. It's, it, 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 I'm happy that he didn't re-aggravate whatever the hell, uh, what the other injury was, but concussions are one of those freak things. And it could be, but it could be, they're not well, 100% it's, it's, sure. It's protocol. He's still going through protocol. They think it's it, it's either a concussion or a neck injury. So okay. just well, to be clear, yeah, yeah, it's one or the other. They're not 100 percent sure, but you're right. It's yeah, still but, a protocol but, they have to follow. Right, but it's something that it's something that can be a week, could be two weeks, could be a month. Who knows? With with these kind of things, right? So I'm uh, was very happy to get Price back. Um, the team, you know, the the team needs them. Yeah. Um, 
Allen's been playing well in his absence, but he can only do so much. Well, like Price, Allen and Price are both playing well. Yep. The problem is nobody's the putting of, the puck yeah. in the net. The rest of the team isn't. Yep. And the uh, Price is still getting blamed. Allen is still getting blamed for all these losses when in reality it is not their fault. Nope. Yeah, it, even if they let in three goals, that's still, you know, like the, the goals that they have allowed have been good goals. Where was where was the support? Where you know, where's the where's the defense? Where's where's the counterattack? Where's the goals in response? Right. None of them are there. So if you're going to criticize goaltending at this point of the season for what's going on right now, you're you're not watching the game. You're just looking at the box score. Yeah. Because the goaltending is not the problem. Yeah. Everything else is. Alan Alan played fantastic last night. Price he looked did. good too. Price looked good too up to the point that he was injured. Alan right. gave them a chance to win. And then they stopped playing with about 10 minutes left. Yeah, they were outshot uh what was it? 19 or 20 shots to 3 or 4. No, it was it was a, it was a lot to not as many. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Right? So completely outplayed. It it came down to who wanted it more. And it sure as shit was in the Canadians. Yeah. And I said, and I brought this up in the past. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not condoning violence against star players or anything, but McDavid, they could have stopped him. That was a play. That was a play that they just, they saw who the Jersey was and they were like, we can't touch this guy because he's a fucking superstar. I guess maybe, maybe. Right. Like use your stick, use your body, get into a lane, whatever. It's not like he danced around them. Like he has around other players. He literally just skated on the outside and walked and skated past two players and they stayed stationary and they looked at the Jersey and they said, well, it's McDavid, but we'll give him the space. And the thing is you give McDavid space. He's probably going to have a really good scoring chance. And well, he did. Except on that two on O. He really screwed other, that other than that. Other that than was that. honestly that was pretty funny. But he made up for it later on. He did, but still right, the so. Tuano was completely bad. You could hear Allen afterwards going, Phew. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was Especially pretty... he had Pulyarvi with him as well, right? He's yeah. no slouch either. So who um, scored later in that game. Yeah. But a lot of people right now are looking at the line combinations, and there were some changes today at practice. Um, Byron and Drouet swap spots. So in all, in all purposes of lines, um, Drouet is now fighting himself on the fourth line with, uh, with Stahl and Perry. Um, I think Perry has been one of their best players as of late. He's actually showing he gives a shit. And yep. um, I really wish that the rest of the team would, uh, would see that. Another guy that I think has been playing hard is Anderson. Yeah, he, he missed some time in the game too. He had uh I, I don't know what happened there. He bumped a knee or something or but he came so. back. Yeah. But yeah, he's he him and Perry have been the guys leading with the give a fuck factor. Yeah. They've been they've been going to the net, they've been going in the corners, they've been doing all those little things that you have to do to win battles. Yep. And without Gallagher, you need more guys to do that to pick up that uh, that slack and lead the way and Perry's doing everything he can but it just seems that too many people are riders and no and not enough drivers yeah 100 and um a lot of people are saying right now you know well put Caulfield in you guys need to score goals well unfortunately due to the cap they can't do that yeah so with uh with Price being hurt and now out 
Primo is called up on an emergency basis, but yeah. that cap still counts. That's and right. they're now about 200,000 uh, they're above what they can allow to bring Caulfield in. That's right. So, so even if they wanted to, they can't. Even if they wanted to use that fourth and final recall, yeah. they can't because they yeah. have they have to move they have too much money. Yeah, they have too much money. Yeah, someone's so, got to go aside. Right. So for all the people that are freaking out right now, it's not that they don't want to play him. They're not going to kill his development. He's not going to ask for a trade. He's not going to this. He's not going to that. Just calm down. It's this right now comes down to dollars and cents. Yeah. And they could send someone down and bring Caulfield up. But that means now there's no more recalls except for emergency purposes. So whoever's down there stays down there. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, like a lot of people are talking about sending down someone like Evans. He's already down. He's in the taxi squad. Is he? Yeah. I did not even know that. Yeah. Stall uh, stalls in that spot now. And if they, if they sent stall down, that entire cap hit now counts. That's right. I didn't even know Evans was on. I haven't even, I guess I haven't checked. (laughs) Um, so a lot of people are getting pissed off with the Caulfield thing just based on the fact that um, the schedule has changed for Laval. Yeah. So originally they had only had the one game and they said, well, you come with us. That was yeah. obviously before injuries, before anything. And everyone thought this is the time we're going to see him in the lineup. Well, now the schedule's changed and Laval's going to play three games against Belleville this week, which I believe is either, I think it's Monday or uh, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Right? And they're all against Belleville. Those would obviously be meaningful games for Caulfield to play in. Meaningful-ish, yeah. Meaningful-ish. It would be good, for, it'd be good there, for him to be in the lineup. There's games. Right? There's games. So yeah, he's not yeah. just going to be practicing, okay? However, Laval's going to get – they're supposed to get Jan Meisick back. They're going to get Belzil back. So they're going to get some – they're going to get some um, – reinforcements let's just say that yep and yes would it be fantastic to see caulfield play instead of just in with the guys doing practice and stuff absolutely yeah so here's the way but there's nothing they can do about yeah and and this is the way i see it It, this is just like romanov last year in the bubble he's there he's practicing it's good for development in that in that way he's getting to know the system getting to know the guys Going back and playing a couple of games in, in Laval would be great. Yep. Sure. Awesome. Good for him. Uh, but it's not really necessary. It's not gonna it's not gonna stunt his development. It's not gonna no. push it into the next stratosphere. He's already played more games than most prospects have this year. He played in the world juniors, he played, you know, he played in he, he played 36 games in the NCAA. He's got a couple of games in the AHL. So yep. he's he is played a lot of hockey, comparatively speaking. Yep. So the benefits, sure, but uh, it's not it's not going to hurt him in any way, shape, or form if he stays with the club. At least with this way, there's the opportunity that perhaps he can get just jump right in because they're playing Edmonton tomorrow night, and then they have three games against Calgary, and there could be an injury there, and he just pops right in. So that would be beneficial for him yep. as well. I just, I'm looking at the lineups for tomorrow and the only changes they made 
Byron, Byron and Drouin changed yeah. spots. And uh, I know there's a lot of Drouin haters out there. There's a lot of Byron haters out there. There's a lot of really everyone haters these days with the, with the way that they've been playing. He's got to hate. But really this shows for Drouin, like to be put down that far in the lineup, it, it, it does look like the coach is trying to send him a message. I think it would have been a lot more significant if it wasn't for this whole recall stuff. Yeah. If they didn't have, if they did, if they had the opportunity to bring someone else in and sit him in a press box, he yeah. might be missing games. But right. the way things are now, with not, oh, they don't have enough forwards, yep. so he is dressing. Otherwise, he'd probably sit in a press box and watch a game. Um, people like to crap on Ducharme for not doing enough to juggle things up, but his hands are tied. Uh, Bergevin, you know, with the recalls that he's already made and the cap issue, he is stuck, which leaves Ducharme with very few options. So he has to play everybody. Yep. Otherwise, I think, honestly think that Drew Wayne would have been sitting in the press box the last couple of games. Like right now, on paper, the Canadians have a they have a good team. Yeah, they yeah. just they're not putting it together. They're missing. There's something there that we're not seeing. Something that we're missing because it's not uh, it's not a lack of skill. It's nope. not a lack of depth. Um, I noticed that they're not going to the cre- They're not going to the front of the net anymore. They're not going nope. into the slot. No, nope. uh, they're they used to be in the top five to ten in shots generated in that in those areas yeah and now they're about 20th to 23rd in shots from the slot which in the nhl is where the majority of goals are scored and we've got a scoring issue and no one's going to the front of the net which i find very very odd now that we're missing gallagher who is the one guy that constantly went to the nut to the net so the, and what what used to be like when Burroughs came in, what looked like yeah. a more of a revamp power play is just turned back into more of a disadvantage. Yeah, and this is the thing I've I've been noticing there, it, the lack of a second effort. I mean, players. Oh, 100 percent. It's a one and it's a one and done. Yeah, it's a one and done. So the players can't control whether they're going to score or get points or actually have a scoring chance. But what they can control is their effort level, their engagement level. And what I see is a lack of control in those areas. They're not, they're not engaged as they had been in the past. They're not, they're not providing that work ethic levels that we've seen in the past. Because when this team works the way it can and forechecks like it can and gets in those corners and wins those battles, this team is very hard to play against. But right now, they're just too easy. Another lineup change we're going to see is it uh, looks like Kulak's coming out for Merrill, and it looks like Merrill will make his debut, which yeah. I'm excited about. I think Merrill's going to, uh, I think he's going to, I think he's going to, um, he'll contri- he'll he'll contribute. He's not going to wow you on the on the scoreboard. He's going to be more of a shot suppression type guy, but I think he's going to be um, a good addition to, uh, especially the penalty kill. He'll be fu- he'll be a good addition when they're playing against Calgary when it's what's a low event hockey. He's that's his kind of hockey, low to zero event hockey. Yep. He keeps things to the outside, stays where he's right in his position. 
he's good that way. What the Canadians are lacking though, is, is uh, the transition game because that's where the basis of their offense comes from. And he doesn't generate that. Kulak does to a certain degree, you know, he's not, he's not great at it, but he does it. And you lose some of that when you bring in Merrill. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that works out. And a lot of people right now are saying that, uh, well, Gustafson, like he's done, he'll be done his, um, he'll be done his quarantine as of tomorrow. So we're, yeah. right now we're recording on Tuesday, the 20th. Um, he'll be done his, um, he'll be done his as of tomorrow morning. So a lot of people are saying that the next domino to fall will be Romanov and Gustafson will take his spot. I don't think that's going to be the case. No, I agree. You, you, they brought Romanov in. They want him playing. They got him going. He's yeah. not, it's not like he's playing poorly. He's no, actually playing well. He is. Yeah. He he rocked Korea. That was yeah. Kara. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was I was surprised that he got shook the way he did, but then I, then I was reminded he was in a fight just a couple of days prior. Yeah. So I'm I'm actually surprised that after the hit, nobody went after him, and I'm happy about that because it was clean. It was a clean hit. It was a perfectly clean hit. Nowadays in the NHL, a clean hit leads to a, leads to a melee and it shouldn't. Yeah. You, you touched my friend. Right. But like Kara is not a, he is not a small boy. No, he's a, he's a a big dude. And And he's um, a tough guy too. And he's a tough guy. So, you know what? I hope for the best. Uh, You don't see, like, you don't always see players like that. He, he, he stayed on his feet, but not, Barely, he was using a stick to stand up. So I'm, I'm hoping that he'll be okay. God, yeah, me too. I, I, I tweeted it when it, when I, as soon as I saw it, it was a perfectly clean hit. It was a big hit. Yeah. But he didn't hit his head. He, it was shoulder to chest, and that just, it was just such a big hit. And then you see Jujarkara do what he did. You know, get all wobbly and stuff. And you, you, you don't want to see that. Absolutely don't want to see that. And hopefully he returns quickly. So, 100%. but uh, back to Romanov, I mean, that ju- that's just one play, but he's played solid throughout the entire season so far. He's yeah. up and down. He's a rookie, but yeah. um, he, he, he's mobile. He moves a puck. He's engaged in the offensive play. He that's pinches right. in. He actually got a rush to the net. Yeah. And, with, Mer- and with Merrill joining him on that line, he's going to be able to do more of that. Because yeah, he could, more yeah. or less when he was playing with Kulak, it was more that Kulak was going to be doing that and Romanov was the one staying back. Yeah, so if he can get – he almost had – it was kind of a breakaway where uh, – uh, who was it? Who was it that horse collared him and uh, pulled him back? One of the Oilers defensemen. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but either way, he he generated a scoring chance using his mobility. So if – having Merrill on the right side with him gets him to do more of that. Then that's a win. Yep. So uh, we talked about, we talked about Calgary a little bit. Well, not really. We talked about Caulfield. We talked about, um, talked about Primo. Primo is going to probably get a game in here. Uh, I see. Yeah, with a back with a back to back, it looks like it. I'm sure I'm kind of hinted at it today. So yeah. Um, just a quick little jump into his stats. He's 11 and three this season with, uh, with Lavelle. Lavelle's playing very good hockey, playing very good hockey in front of him. 
Um, he's got two shutouts, 2.07 goals against on a 9-11 save. Uh, compared to last year, uh, he played 33 games. He had a 2.45 with a 9.08. He had four shutouts. So he was uh, he was trending. He was trending upwards, and, and yeah. he, he's been playing really good hockey. And um, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a good uh, if he does play. We, we, obviously, we don't know. Um, however, all indications look like he's going to. Um, this is going to be a good a good viewing opportunity for us to see perhaps who could be Carey Price's backup next season if in if if it happens that um Allen is lost to the expansion draft. Well, some people want Price gone in the expansion draft. Uh, so this true. might be yeah. a preview of next year's goaltending tandem. Not that it's going to stop anyone from complaining about the goaltending That's for right. whatever reason. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Uh, this a game against Calgary. That's that's good. That's a good reward for the young man who has played extremely well in Laval, extremely well. Yep. He he's been he's been the reason they've won some games. Now, I think that maybe he should get a couple more games because if Price is out for a solid week at least, we're looking at about five six games. Yeah, you can't just continue to ride out. No, you can't. So give give the young guy give primo a couple of games at least not just back-to-backs either no like some give him a decent game somewhere yeah. in there and it might light might light a spark under the rest of his team as well knowing that right. hey they you know we get a young guy in there let's play a little bit harder to to help him out anything right. <laughs> anything hopefully, to get these guys going right so it, it him getting a, a game in calgary is a good reward for him. But at the same time, this series against Calgary is going to be a big deal. That's right. Calgary is the one team that could catch the Canadians because, you know, the Canucks, yeah, sure. They beat the Leafs in their, uh, their return from COVID. But when you're playing 19 games in what, 25, 26 days. Something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The chances of them getting enough wins to catch up, it, I don't see it. So Calgary's really the only viable option to unseat the Canadians in the fourth spot, in my yep. opinion. Yep. So that series is is going to be key down the stretch. If the Canadians can pull out two wins in those games, then they pretty much lock up the playoff spot. Yeah, and then Ottawa and Ottawa beat them last night. So which is which Thankfully. was which was which was really good. <laughs> so right now Montreal's got two games in hand. And they're at 47 points. Uh, Calgary's got 41. The big thing for me is still the amount of points that the Canadians have led up this season with the overtime losses, with nine of them. Right? You, you, you even you know you put a couple extra points there. You're that much closer to Edmonton. Right. So, yeah. and, and you know what, right now with uh, the way Edmonton's playing and the way uh, Winnipeg can play, um, Edmonton's got is a game back of uh, Toronto. They're five points back. Winnipeg is tied with Toronto. They're four points back. Leafs have lost four games in a row. 
How could, how is that possible? They're the greatest team ever assembled. I know, with right? the greatest goaltender to have ever lived. I know, but then he lost to the Canadians, and then oh my God, he came. You know, everything comes back to reality. That he they oh. didn't lose to the Habs. The the league forced them to give up a game <laughs> to a rival team. Yeah, just for appearances' sake. That's right. That's right. This is this is the dynasty Maple Leafs we're talking about here. Yeah. And right now, like, they just lost superstar Zach Hyman. So In all honesty know. though, that is a big loss for them because he is well, he's the he only player the, that actually plays with some balls other than yeah. uh other than Muzzin and uh uh Simmons. Yeah. Now they're gonna be getting Nick Foligno soon. So yeah. there's a guy who's who can play with some some teeth, some grit. He's got a lot of jam to his game, but he doesn't have the offensive abilities as Hyman. So yeah, that is a big loss. Um so yeah, I, I can see Edmonton, even Winnipeg and Winnipeg really making a run at possibly taking away that northern crown. And it's not like Edmonton's unbeatable. The Canadians basically had their number all season they let up in that third period they got another game coming against them tomorrow wednesday the 21st and i'm i'm hopeful that the uh the jekyll of the jekyll and hyde habs shows up and plays well yeah and if they do and they pull out a win even better (laughs) that would be nice to see yeah, it really would. It really it, would. Like it would also have a major impact on that that series against Calgary because then they could actually create a little bit more separation between them and Calgary, and then two wins in Calgary in those three games would yeah. really cement their playoff position. 100%. So this is all in the Habs' hands. All they have to do is want it. It's right there, but. As we've been saying all season, this is basically where we expected the Canadians to be. So, I mean, you know what? Things only... were things were looking very good at the start of the year. Yes, things were looking just excellent, and then, you know, reality strikes. Speaking of reality striking, this Habs Unfiltered is sponsored by Manscaped. The global leaders in men below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels and is now available in the US, Canada, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and the European Union. We have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code UNFILTER20 to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the movement and the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. Did you know one guy every hour, every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer? So this is a reminder to all the men listening to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Manscaped, in addition to providing the right tools and solutions for safe and easy manscaping, has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's health and early cancer detection. Together, TCS and Manscaped are committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of the We Save Balls initiative. 
while you're down there cleaning up your sack, why not go ahead and give them a little investigation for lumps, changes in size, or any pain? I think we can all agree it's pretty fun playing with your balls anyway. I have to read this. Manscaped recommends you check yourself once a month. If you do feel any lumps or swelling, give your doctor a call. In addition to checking yourself regularly, you want to make sure your sack is looking fresh and clean with Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll find products and liquid formulations. They've been developed to turn your bathroom into a salon for your balls. All liquid formulations use only the best ingredients. Some of these liquid tools include the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant, the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner and refresher, and the Perfect Package 3.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxers that keep your package cool and feeling fresh. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Well, that's an important announcement. Check yourself. (laughs) All right, so we covered off quite a bit. Um, I think we can... We can jump into just random crap now. We got a few minutes. Let's I got one. I got, I got something. Um, so Roberto Longo was named general manager of Canada's men's team for the 2021 World Hockey Championship, which will be taking uh, taking place in Latvia, May 21st to June 6th. Um, obviously, that's usually. I might say reserved, but it is um, for players that don't make the playoffs. And usually those are the, those are the spots that are taken up first. And that's generally what it's going to be this year because in prior years, you get knocked out of the playoffs. You can go over. However, with COVID and quarantining and all that bullshit, it's probably going to be what you see is what you get. Yeah. Um, there are some players that in my mind that I would love to see go over. Um, two of them are former Canadians. Personally, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I think it would be excellent for Max Domi to go over if asked. Yeah. Things have not been good in Columbus. No, he is in Tortorella's doghouse. Something fierce. Yeah, things have not played panned out well, and I think it would be very good for him to go over, get some, get some hockey in, possibly help the team win a championship, and start next season on a on a on a better note. Another one, PK Subban. Yeah, yeah. Right. Add some add a add a more veteran player to that uh, defense core, and uh, you know. He's, he's, you know, since he signed that contract, you know, he's, you know, you know, we got to think guys making $9 million a year since he signed that contract. He, he has really fallen off. However, I think a player of that magnitude or especially of that contract size saying yes to going over, I think it would be very good and beneficial to the team. 
Yes, it would. And it would also, um, if he does well, kind of generate some more interest in him. So it would be possible for the Devils to move him to a to a contender, which is what he really wants. He he thrives in playing meaningful hockey. Uh, I think I think a couple of players I'd like to see going over would be actual Canadians prospects like uh, Ryan Paling for Team USA or Jan Misak going over for the Czech Republic. Yeah. Uh, with the AHL winding up, uh, winding down, and there's no Calder Cup, I can see I can easily see Jan Misak being uh, being told, "Hey, you go ahead, you join your national team." Yeah. Even at 18, he is still. Uh, one of their top players out of that country. So yep. getting an invite shouldn't be a surprise. Yep. Paling, on the other hand, might be one of the black aces, so he may not be able to yeah. go over for Team USA. But yep. that's my expectation for this tournament, is where you see all the teams that didn't make it, those players becoming available, plus any AHL players. Yeah, I, I, I personally see, like, I think the States is going to have a really strong team, especially yeah. depending on who goes over. Like you just look at, like I put a couple teams up on my screen as we're doing this, but just Ottawa, for instance, um, Colin White to Chuck Norris, uh, Shane Pinto, if they want to get, they want to see him a little bit more. Um, the Ducks, um, they're going to have, uh, you know, a Troy Terry, Zegras, et cetera. We saw how Zegras was at the juniors. Yeah. Um, you look at uh, Jack Hughes. Could be somebody else. Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes, yeah. I, for me, I, I didn't even click on Vancouver because of everything that happened with COVID. I, yeah. I'm going to say I doubt a lot of them are going to say yes. True. But but, uh, but but there's there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of uh, like for Canada Patrick Marlowe. There's your like, there's your veteran there's right there's your veteran guy to go over. Joe Thornton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what Marlowe and and like guy maybe maybe like a market with Vlasic maybe the two of them would go over. I can see that. Right. So Brent Burns. Um... Yeah, forgot about Eric Robert Carlson Burns. for Sweden. Yeah, there's still there's still going to be some very good players that are going to say yes. There's yeah. like every year though, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to say no. And the fact it's, that you yeah. have to travel and go to Europe and all that kind of stuff, a lot of players are probably going to say no to that too. Now it, it depends. Are they doing it bubble fo- uh, style format like they are for the women's worlds that are being held here in Halifax in a couple of weeks? Because the uh, the women's worlds, the players are coming in and they're doing a tournament bubble. I honestly Just like the NHL did. I honestly am not sure. So if the world's men's worlds in Latvia did a tournament bubble, I could see players being more open to going. Now it's nowhere near as long as the bubble was for the playoffs. Nope. It's only two, three weeks. That's so, just over two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, it's a finite amount of time. You go for a couple of weeks then you come back. Yep. I can see players saying yes to that. Yep. And, and that kind of circumvents the whole anxiety around COVID. Yep. Especially right. if they can get uh, vaccinated before they head out. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, um, I think right now on paper, Canada, U.S. should both have pretty strong teams depending on who says yes. But I'm thinking, yeah. as I said, the, I think the Americans are going to have a very strong team. 
and uh, another team that I that I looked at, um, Calgary. If they get bumped, well, there's um, Noah Hannafin, Goudreau, and Matt Chuck that can all go. Yeah. And you just imagine putting Matthew and Brady on the same line. With, uh, with Norris in between them. With well, that really well, Dylan Dylan Larkin in between. Yeah. yeah, but I wanted the Chuck Norris line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, but but, but there's, they, they should have a pretty damn strong team, right? So yeah, exactly. Oh, and the host team Latvia is not going to be much of a slouch either. They're no. they're not. There's no household names there, no. but there's a lot of KHL players that would be playing for them, and they play together quite a bit. So they have that advantage that a quick start for them. Hey, the quarterfinals aren't out of the question for, for the host team. Yep. And unfortunately, because of COVID, you don't have the massive, you don't have the big crowds to these games. And I, I don't know if anyone's ever gone to a world's championship game with Latvians, but if you never have do it, it's got to be on your hockey bucket list. It is the greatest time you'll have at a game. I went to a game. It was between Latvia and Slovakia. I had no, obviously didn't really care who won or lost. I just went for the sheer entertainment of it. But, uh, oh my God, the Latvians don't stop singing or drinking. It was was the best time. I ended up drinking with with a group of those guys for the next five days. Just hanging out at the uh, at, you know at the bars in Halifax and then going to games at the at uh, at the Metro Center, yeah. it was it was amazing. Yeah, I can't say I have I've had that experience, but I did see a handful of games at the uh, the World Cup of Hockey, and um, I was in attendance when Sweden played um, Team North America, and the North Americans won in overtime, yeah. and uh, I was sitting in the Swedish section. Oh. And uh, obviously did not know that when I got my ticket. <laughs> but those people, those people, they sing, they dance, they cheer. It was, it was, it was quite a lot of fun. That's the, and that's, that's a part of European hockey that I enjoy. I've yeah. gone, I've been through Europe extensively, got to many games in different European countries and different leagues. And the one unifying factor, they're singing they're dancing. It's they're enjoying it. It's it's part of the spectacle of the game. Yep. Um, so it's that atmosphere. Unfortunately, we don't get we won't get to see it in Latvia this year, and that that would that's a loss for the hockey world, really, because those Latvians know how to have fun. Yep. So I think that does it. We covered off everything we had on our list. Uh, the, the show may seem shorter, but that's because Treg's not here to fill the airtime with all kinds of weird uh, conspiracy theories and, <laughs> you know, talk about his Twitter handle and, you know, sell you stuff. He, he's got this thing about Amway. He's just constantly trying to sell you soap. I don't get it. So uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you for tuning in on our YouTube channel. Uh, thanks for following thanks for engaging with us we appreciate it you guys are what make this fun so always remember if you are talking about it so are we are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford there is a no frills no nonsense company that wants to provide that 
to you, No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.